Welcome to this episode of SDI Encounters, a podcast from SDI, the home of spiritual companionship. I'm Matt Whitney. On this podcast, we share stories and conversations around spiritual care, companionship, and contemplative practice across a diverse range of traditions and experiences. Spiritual companions support others on their spiritual journeys through life. Spiritual companions are welcoming and present with those they companion, listening and responding without judgment. And spiritual companions are contemplative and honor silence as a spiritual practice. You can learn more about our work at our website, sdiworld.org. If you're enjoying this podcast and you want to help us share and spread the word about the life-giving practice of spiritual companionship, you can help us out by subscribing to this podcast through your favorite app. You could give us a like or even write us a review. Thank you for listening. If you're interested in finding a spiritual companion, please check out our resource on our website, The Seek and Find Guide, a database of over 7,000 spiritual directors, chaplains, and life coaches from around the world who are available to companion with you on your own spiritual journey. The Seek and Find Guide is available on our website, sdiworld.org. In this episode, Frederica Helmier talks with Straja Linder King and Madeline Rue over web conferencing software on therapeutic connection with the living world via art experiences and in relationship with animals. Take it away, Frederica. Well, I am joined today by two women who are offering a workshop for us in Santa Fe. Madeline Rue and Straja Linder King are with us on today's SDI podcast. Madeline Rue is a registered board certified art therapist with a PhD in adult and community education. For the past 30 years, Madeline has been a consultant and educator specializing in the role of spirituality, art, and nature in health and wellness. Dr. Rue was an assistant professor for 15 years at St. Gregory's University, which is a Benedictine monastery, in psychology and art, where she developed innovative coursework in transformational learning through spirituality, art, and nature. As an author, Dr. Rue is a co-editor and contributor to two recent anthologies on the expressive art therapies and nature. Currently, Madeline is an adjunct professor for the Pratt Institute of Creative Arts Therapies graduate program. And we have Straja Linder King as well. Straja is a registered art psychotherapist and board certified counselor working with verbal and nonverbal treatment modalities. She is the first to merge these two nonverbal interventions, both in her practice, research, and teachings. A printmaker, published poet, writer, an animal-assisted specialist, both canine and equine. Linder King's innovative work in medical research and stroke recovery specializes in working non-verbally, and she has extensive focus in bereavement, including complicated and disenfranchised grief. Straja pioneered art in healing from a spiritual nature-based perspective in Alberta, Canada and developed the Strawberry Tree Studio for Spiritual Directors, the only open art studio in Western Canada 
working with award-winning international therapy dogs for over a decade. So Madeline and Straja, it's a real honor to be able to sit down with you both virtually and uh, see each other's faces, although folks listening to the podcast can't see your lovely faces, and hear a little bit about your, your story, what brought you into this work, and what you're offering in Santa Fe. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. Do we have any non-human companions who are in, in our space at the moment? <laughs> Not mine. I'm <laughs> talking right now. Oh, is that Dakota? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't bring the dogs in because if I did, they would have lots to say and then you wouldn't hear anything from Madeline or myself. So, so they're outside and it's snowing, so they're having a great time. Well, let me begin by inviting you each to share just briefly how you found yourselves, um, what your journey has been into the world of um, art and spirituality and therapy and, and how you see all those worlds coming together. Madeline, would you like to begin? Well, oh, that was a big question. Um, <laughs> uh, for me, because it's art and spirituality via nature, um, that began when I was three years old. So it's a lifelong um, experience and practice. and. Uh, also very young, I, you know, I, I ate my mud pies and I, you know, was making things uh, as all children do. And so these things were sort of naturally integrated for me very early on, on an, and it just never stopped. I just continued to work at the interface of nature and art. And um, for me, art making is the language of nature texture, color, shapes, rhythms. And so it's a, it's a natural um, way of communicating with the natural world and to share what I learned from the natural world via the image. That, does that work? <laughs> Lovely, Madeline. And, and how, has, how has spirituality joined that, that matrix for you? Uh, to me, it's the, it, it is the primary uh, locus for for spiritual experience and expression. Um, if you want to say, you know, creation, uh, it's, it's like the living world. It's honoring the sacredness of the living world. So when I first began perceiving and engaging with the natural world, it was it was imbued with spirituality. I can't actually even separate the two things um, readily. I can do it conceptually, <laughs> but within my body and my experience, they're, they are almost the same. Mm. Thank you. And I learned just before we, we began recording here that Straja at one point was a student of yours. Is that correct, Straja? That's right. So tell us a little bit about your studies and um, uh, encountering Madeline Rue and what has led you into the, the world that you now inhabit. Oh my gosh. Um, that's, that's a fun one. I ended up being interviewed in Toronto for a graduate program in Vermont. And from there, I, I'm, that's where I met Madeline because she was teaching the art therapy with older populations. 
And then when she had an opportunity to be a program director at Seton Hill University, I actually jumped ship and went over to Seton Hill University, which was absolutely phenomenal. And I finished up my program there and got to, uh, that's when I actually started doing legitimately animal assisted therapy because I had a therapy cat. They wouldn't let me have a dog on campus, but I managed to have the cat and I did a lot of my clinical hours in the United States in a day hospice with a cat named Frags. And it was um, just profound for me. So I just, it, it was a natural fit. And, and I too, it's the same thing. I very organic how animals have always been, well, I've been tethered to them and they're tethered to me and together we're connected because they, we have to be outdoors every day. And they're just such a, an integral part of my life. And, and, I can't even imagine not being with them. So that's where I met Madeline. And then when I came back, uh, Madeline was so supportive of the work that I was doing and, and incorporating animal assistance, but I didn't name it at that time. I just knew that animals needed to be present, that the human-animal bond is the oldest bond that we know to humanity, and it was just a natural fit. So we were teaching in an ecumenical uh, college at the University of Alberta, and um, I, I'm so thrilled that Madeline had that opportunity to come up and teach here. And then from there, I went to a secular university and was teaching in health sciences. So the animals kind of, they, it was organic in its, in its nascent form, and they've just stayed with me throughout to right to this day. Mm -hmm. and, and unfortunately, the first animals, I, I wish, but the longevity is not the same as ours. So they are with me in spirit, and now I have relatives of those first animals. And I continue to do that merging of the nonverbal modalities for mm -hmm. wellness. Mm -hmm. So I, I am someone who has um, has not had a, a lot of history of experiencing um, meaningful bonds with animals. I didn't grow up with pets. Uh, and I think that at this point, it sort of feels more like a sort of like a, a burden or an inconvenience than, than a companion, but I know many, many people for whom it's the total opposite. This is a, this is a member of the family. Um, this is, there's a lot of really deep love. And um, in your work, animals are not just companions, but they are sources of, of healing. Can you share a little bit about oh, how? Yes, absolutely. Um, I can give you an example. I, I do work with people on the spectrum with autism and the, the, the engagement that people on the spectrum wouldn't have with another person, but they do have with an animal is actually profound. And animals bring to, um, to the relationship something that's completely different than um, a two-legged can do. And, and things like um, they can set healthy boundaries. And this is the same thing with equine, but I work with the dogs now, mostly dogs. And it's to, to witness um, a child that is shut down or even an adult 
and watch how an animal has a way of communicating. And I think that's because it's communicating through the heart as well as through the mind. And there's, um, I think that animals really truly we know that there's safe touch and there's an unconditional love there and there's 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 no benefits to gain whereas a two-legged you're never sure what's going on behind and with with the animals it's pure love pure presence raw presence and if uh they have a way of communicating if they're not enjoying they will like they will turn their body in and people can read this it's at a nonverbal level and it's it, it it truly is profound to see this and people that are shut down um, I'm thinking of working with a, a young fellow that was completely shut down and selectively mute would not talk and just being present with that animal and spending time I'm sitting at my desk and the next thing I hear this child starting to talk. So that gave me a, a beautiful invitation to continue working with that child in children's hospital. So you can see it's a very different gift that they bring than a human. Yeah. Madeline, how have you um, seen the medium of, of art be a source of, um, of healing? in your work, in your work with, uh, with clients? Mm, boy, these, these are big questions. I um, know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, art, art's healing capacity, I mean, they're like, they're like arguments about this because they, we don't have, quote, hard data for how art heals. <clears throat> um, not a lot, anyway. But my sense is is that as as Straja is saying that it's a it's nonverbal, it's preverbal, meaning the capacity to make is ancestral. It's in our cellular um, memory, and when we tap into that that deep level, that is when you make from a place of non-judgment and no fear. Um, there's there's a resonance with the living world. There's a resonance with the soul um, because, you know, there are some people like James Hillman who would say that the soul, I mean, he might've got it from someone else. The soul speaks in images. And so I think in a culture where we're kind of dislocated and, um, you know, it's very separate, very in our little sack of skin that, that this joining up both within at a very deep level and without with the with the living world is healing in and of itself and um that's that's kind of the way that i look at it i can't prove it <laughs> but uh, there's plenty of you know individual experiences of of how that works did you know that sdi organizes travel experiences we call these SDI journeys. SDI has been leading passionate travelers on spiritual journeys around the world for over 25 years. Not just vacations, but truly exceptional trips filled with inspiring and enriching experiences. We have upcoming journeys planned for 2020 in Iona, Scotland, and an Ignatian journey through Spain. Explore our site to find out more, sdijourneys.org. That's sdijourneys.org. Dot O-R-G.
And now, here's part two of our conversation. I want to share with our listeners a description of the workshop that you're offering uh, at our annual conference next April in Santa Fe, which is one of my favorites of all of our lists because it's so um, innovative. And we're talking at this conference about what spiritual companionship looks like for our times. We're at the 30-year anniversary of SDI. We're looking back at how this art has evolved and where it might be going in the future. So the two of you are offering a workshop, a multi-sensory workshop that is going to involve speaking and walking and making and sharing and tapping into ancestral art forms in order to connect with the living world and to use that as um, a, a tool for companioning. Can you share a little bit about what you hope to do with this workshop and what you hope that spiritual companions can, can take away, can add to their toolkit from this experience? You, to build on what Madeline said, because I think it's important that the art making itself is a universal language and, and I, I can't stress enough that human-animal bonds also are universal, and it, it doesn't have to be um, the fact that I work with dogs, but we can engage with wildlife, insects. Um, it's all about creating a relationship and knowing that there, there's something, um, I think animals are the greatest teachers for helping us get closer to the earth and and getting out of our head we live in a uh, analytically intellectually we have this connection that is really healthy and and often the people that i'm blessed to companion with they realize that animals truly and the art helps ground them and and get them closer to the earth so they're savvy intellectually and they're connected this way but with their body they're all up in here and not grounded and animals have a beautiful gentle nonverbal um, way of getting us back in our body feeling our feet on the ground because of the sensorial experiences that we can have when we are with them and I think that one of the greatest gifts that animals offer, especially the therapy dogs, is a sacred listening. There, we can tell the story over and over. I'm thinking of people that are grieving where it's the disbelief of what has just transpired. An animal has an incredible um, way of just being fully present to that and listening no matter how many times the telling in order to just take that in that what has just transpired or what is sitting in the body so i think the two combined and that's what we're doing in the workshop is allowing the animals to take the lead and teaching us about different ways of seeing uh, not often do we look up and animals, when you follow their lead, they teach you to look up and back and wide and it's just, it's so exciting and they will also take you into what Madeline was talking about with the art experience. So you get to experience those textures and smells and all the things when you follow the animal's lead 
it it's a way of broadening and just thickening out our own way of being in the world so that it's a more than human world does that make yeah. sense with that? yes <laughs> yeah anything to add madeline um no i i completely agree with this treasure um <laughs> Yeah, uh, let me think here. The only the only other detail I could add to that is that the multisensory element is is synesthetic. Well, <laughs> don't sound like I'm lisping that synesthetic, <laughs> which means crossover of the senses, and and so um, like when a dog is scenting something, smelling something, you know we don't know may also be hearing that smell may also um, clearly, you know, touching it or licking it, um, and so sensing it in another way. So part of what we'll be doing is teaching people um, synesthesia, mm. the crossover of the senses, and um, in the way in which an animal might do that. Am I, am I correct that um, Kandinsky was a synesthetic artist? He would, he would hear the colors and he would see the yeah, sounds? absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they, they say, um, Frederica, they say that they think that infants are synesthetic, that we unlearn, that gets unlearned in us. But in the beginning, that's why the legs and arms and tongue and everything are going every which way is because you know, smell has a sound and color has a smell. And so it's just mm. this, this um, uh, incredible world, but they have no language at that point in time in which to speak of it. I but wonder yeah, how, 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 does, how does that get unlearned in a, in a child? Are they just getting reinforced messages from all over that these senses are, are compartmentalized and they kind of lose those connections? Yeah. I kind of think so, yeah. yeah <laughs> um, some, some people maintain it, like Kandinsky. I had a student at St. Gregory's who was synesthetic, where she maintained that. I had two students who were uh, deaf um, and uh, blind, and they were both synesthetic. Um, so they were musicians and artists because those senses all crossed over and they were able to feel the color of orange and, and then play it, you know, on a guitar mm -hmm. or on a piano. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I think it, it was our original way. Again, it's ancestral almost. I'm wondering if it is that deep. Yeah. And it, it's unlearned in, in a culture that does lots of compartmentalization and then begins emphasis emphasis on left hemisphere knowing. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So if someone is is on the spiritual journey and they have questions and they're seeking a companion, a guide, and um, they are they are searching for the divine within and without, what are some ways in which um, art, animals, the natural world, the combination of all these things may be kind of an, an overlooked tool in specifically one's one's journey along that path towards communing with the divine? <laughs> I love these short little questions. <laughs> <laughs> so light and airy. <laughs> I, I think that we're living in really exciting times, Frederica, when you consider how for the first time we're actually giving credibility and validity to evidence-informed research and not just evidence-based. And I, I think that 
it's about time that we can honor our ancestors and pull forward. There's such a resurgence now with different holistic practices, and we've gone from that alternative health and slid right through to complementary, and now I love this word, integrative. And I think human-animal bonds really encompass what is possible and potential as far as one medicine in this world. The, the, the headway that we're making in, in animal medicine is actually even surpassing what it is in, in some of the human medicine. And I think that it's lovely to see us bringing these two together as a wellness model. And as far as I'm concerned, I think the uh, divinity sits within that, that whole realm of unifying and bringing us back together. You know, we're, we're in such a consumer-driven, you know, go big or go home. Well, guess what? I'd love to go home. Let's all go home because that's where we, that's where we can satiate our souls and, and be okay with the stillness and take time out of that pace that uh, an urban setting often, um, you know, exacerbates the stress that we're carrying because everybody else is feeling it. And I, I do think that um, animals have a way of inviting us into that sacred realm of, you know, let's just go for a walk or, you know, let's just sit under this tree and listen to what this magpie or crow has to say and, and just be, just be present with it. That to me is where the greatest healing and that's evidenced informed where that ancestral, those ways can come together um, because we, we really are missing that sense of community, that sense of belonging and I truly, in my heart, believe that the animals pull us there. Mm. Mm. Thank you. So in this workshop, for the, the very brief 90 minutes that folks will be gathered, is there, is there going to be paint? Are there going to be dogs? Is there gonna, are there going to be walks outside? What, what will folks experience during that time to kind of tap into this, this modality? Madeline and I are great outdoor adventurists, and we, <laughs> we, we have, you know, a main structure, and then truly, it'll, it, the elements will come into play, earth, fire, water, um, the presence of the animals, how they're feeling that day. What I think would be beautiful, Frederica, if we have the time, Madeline and I love to let the group, the, the workshop, start off by truly profiling these animals. That gets, it's a gentle way of them engaging and coming into relationship so that we can foster a little bit of trust knowing that they're going to be the ones that are leading the walk, the contemplative walk. And if they have, if they have an opportunity just to get a sense of just because they're both sable-coated dogs, and shepherds, which is beautiful, so they'll be shepherding us, uh, does not mean that they are anything alike. And that's the delight that people find, that just like people, no, no two thumbprints, well, no two paw prints, and it's, it's really exciting. I do have a little puppy. I am not sure if he will be, well, he's not little, <laughs> he's the same breed. Oh. But I'm not sure if he will be able to join us. But the two 
um, remarkable award-winning therapy dogs. They'll be there for sure. And yeah, it's, it's let the adventures begin because it will be adventuresome. And, and we don't know what people are going to find to create that earth mandala, but I can um, absolutely assure you it, it'll be magical. It'll be just absolutely wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, and our our Earth Mandala, which is going to be a hula hoop, um, is uh, this is more like an installation. Uh, is is going to be based also on um, two ancestral ways of thinking about art. One of the reasons that art is often not fully incorporated into the spiritual uh, practice or spiritual companioning is because it carries the idea that you have to be an artist and only special people can do that. Well, we're working with um, finding, hunter-gatherer, ancestral. So there's finding is going to take place and then arranging, which is an energetic practice. It's when this thing sits beside that thing, something changes between them. And so again, it's this heightened sensitivity to nuance that the dogs will be demonstrating and sharing with us. And then also the whatever people find or whatever finds them, we're going to reverse the order of, of um, uh, who's in charge. <laughs> Won't be us. It's going to be the dogs and the, and the things that um, call to us. That's wonderful. And, and I just want to add on top of what Madeline said, because you can tell we've been working together for many years, but there's also, um, there's something really spiritual that sits in that deep play and animals teach us not to take ourselves so seriously. And there's a playful side, but it's a deep play and it's extremely healing and, and laughter and joyfulness. It, it, these animals exude that and, and if we are around, we can just absorb it. It's, it's, it, I can't, it's hard to put into words because it's body resonance and you, it's so visceral. You just, you just have to be in the presence of the animals to see and you never know what to expect. Just like life, you know, you can always expect the unexpected. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. what makes it so exciting. Mm -hmm. Well, Staja and Madeline, what an honor it will be to have you both with us in Santa Fe. The workshop is called Animals, Art, and Ambling, Cultivating Spiritual Companionship with the Living World. And for those who are joining us in Santa Fe, this is going to be offered on Saturday afternoon uh, in Section D. It's workshop D9. And for folks who are not uh, able to come to Santa Fe, what are some ways that they can access the work that you do or some resources you could point them to? Well, <laughs> um, we we both there there are two books. One which is too expensive, um, but um, two two books that have both. I love that, Madeline. Authors hardly ever say that. <laughs> I've got this book, but it's it's really pricey. <laughs> yeah, um, environmental expressive arts therapy. Um, pu I can't remember who the publisher is. Um, that probably kill me, Taylor. <laughs> Um, but so Sasha has a chapter in it that that describes some of what she's saying right now and and as do I and um, the other book is called Green Studio published by Nova Publishers and that one like That's so you might as well buy a library you know <laughs> forget it but 
so there's that. And then Strage has a, a website. I'll be rebuilding mine. <laughs> it's a, it got, platform got pulled out from under by Mac. So, um, uh, so they'll, you know, things will be available in, in that format, the book and, and, uh, it's probably Straja. I'm sorry. I'm talking for you, girl. That's okay. <laughs> it's strawberry com, And on that, you can see photos of the dogs working and the dogs, Frederica, um, I, I can't, be involved with social media because I'm too busy trying to do my work, but I do have the dogs on social media and they've got, they've got followers from Australia, South Africa, and that's because of Madeline and I um, being blessed to do different conferences um, across the country. And whenever they meet the dogs, uh, they want to stay in touch with the dogs, which is just delightful. So they obviously make their own friends and they've got something like 2,200 followers on Facebook and it's they're all their work. You can see their work. They do funeral support, uh, memorial. Um, my one female has assisted four deaths in, in hospice. Um, they've done court support, Frederica. So they've done some really serious work, but they do goofy celebratory work as well. So they, it's full spectrum. Mm -hmm. And all, all of their work can be seen on Facebook. It's a public site. So you don't have to be a friend. You can just access it. And it's under Twillow Roses. And it's like the willow tree with a T, Twillow Roses. And you you can witness because often with this work and i'm sure madeline will agree even with the artwork um it's it's viewing the work and viewing the work of the dogs and viewing the artwork says far more than we could ever possibly put into words if that mm -hmm. makes sense because it does speak universally mm -hmm. well thank you both again it's been a real privilege to connect with you today oh yeah it's been awesome thank you thanks This is Matt Whitney with Spiritual Directors International. Thanks again for listening. Your time and your presence here are deeply appreciated. If you liked this show and would like us to continue making them, please do subscribe now while it's fresh on your mind. Also, we would love to hear from you, so please feel free to send in your comments and suggestions to the email address podcast at sdiworld.org. To learn more about spiritual companionship and ways that you can plug in and join our community, visit us at our website at www.sdiworld.org. Thank you. Blessings and peace on your day. And may you share blessings and peace to others. Mm -hmm.